Amen, hallelujah, and it says the recording has started. Good morning, everyone. This is uh, the Reverend Essie of New Birth Ministries. Today is October 10th, 2021, and it is a sunshiny day, a beautiful day. God brought us this far, of which I am extremely thankful. Amen, God is good. This is our new line. This is our new number that we're going to have Micromana on, which is actually not a new number because I've been doing this on free conference call years ago, long before Blog Talk Radio. And um, I was having uh, some issues there, so I decided to come back to this number, which is easy. You could use the video if you want to. I'll probably mostly be using the audio, though. Um, welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. God is good. Hallelujah. And I will be talking about today, the title is, Take It From an Ex-Christian Hater. Amen. Take it from an ex-Christian hater. Hallelujah. So hang in there with me. You know, we have so many pre, uh, people nowadays that just don't want to believe in the Lord, and they think the Bible is, is, is fake, it's not real, and blah, blah, blah. And, and they always want to come up against the Bible and against people who love the Lord and people who believe in the Bible. So hopefully, after what God shows us today, and, and people listen to this, maybe it will stop someone and people will come to Jesus. Amen. I will open this up with prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us beautiful things to look at every morning. We see your beauty every time that we wake up. We thank you and we love you. We see the good things. Good always reminds us of our Father in heaven and our brother Jesus who died on a cross and rose three days later just to give the devil a black eye, punch him in the eye, and let him know that he's a liar and that Jesus is Lord. And there's nobody else that could do what you've done for us, Jesus. We thank you so much. You are awesome. I ask Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, the third part of um, God, to use me today. Use me and so that we could teach people all around the world the truth about the Word of God, the truth about what, what St. Paul was trying to convey to people around the world. Use me. Let's continue his ministry through mine. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Show us the mysteries of the gospel, Holy Spirit of God, and bless each and every person that is on here. Bless every household that is represented here. A lot of people have issues and, and, and so many things are happening. They're quickening up nowadays, Lord God, and, and we're bringing all those issues to you. We cannot name them A to Z, but you are a wonderful, big know-it-all God, and you know everything. So we're lifting up all of the prayer requests um, that we've received, those that we know of. We're giving them to you, Father God, because you are the best remedy in anyone's life. And we pray that other people begin to see that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless your holy name. Baruch Atah Hashem Adonai. Blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty, the creator of all things, the one above everything, the, the one that existed always and wasn't created. We love you, God. We praise and worship you because you are awesome. In Jesus' holy name, 
Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Now, as I was saying before, you know, people around the world always wanted to try to make the Bible look um, like it's fake or phony or written by, what did I hear before, Shakespeare? About, you know, they always want to come up with something uh, that just to try to make God look like a liar and to make the people who believe in God feel uh, intimidated for believing in God. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, by the way, I hope you guys have your drink and your snack. Amen. I got my tea. My daughter bought me some blackberry tea. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. God is good and wants you to have good things. Amen. So what I want to do today is I want to break down a little bit about the Apostle Paul and watch my timing at the same time because this this can take this, this can take a few times, a few gatherings uh, to uh, go through this. Uh, especially all the material that I have, but I'm going to try to do the best I can, and hopefully whenever I'm done, people will understand the word more. People will have more faith in God. People will have more trust in God. Amen. Now, if you want to write this down or turn your swords, I'm going to be coming actually from 1 Corinthians 15, For, and I'm going to try to cover the whole, most of the chapter if I can, okay, so that's why I'm speaking fast. I'm speaking quick because there's going to be a lot of words here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and it's headed up as the certainty of Christ's resurrection. Amen. And the resurrection of the saints. Okay? That is what is in, uh, uh, included uh, in, in this that I'm about to read. Okay? What I want to do is I want to first start out with some information about the Apostle Paul. People read the Bible. They attempt to read the Bible, and they they're not even sure what books or what, and what's the little the little um, saints, you know, the little prophets from the big prophets, and they're not sure, you know, what is at the beginning of the Bible, the Torah, the first five books, and 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 they don't understand the poetry part of the Bible, Amen, the revelatory part of the Bible. So I'm going to be speaking on, I'm going to be reading a little bit to you on the Apostle Paul, get you used to who he is. And then we'll go into the scripture. Amen. And I have some things here. I was trying to outline them before I get started, but something happened that my uh, attention a little bit had to take care of something else. I try to do the best I can, so hang in there with me. A little bit about the Apostle Paul. Amen. St. Paul, the Apostle, original, original name, Saul of Tarsus, was born 4 BCE, Tarsus, um, in Silica. Cilicia, now in Turkey. He died 62 to 64 CE, Rome, Italy. One of the leaders of the first generation of Christians. Okay, listen. One of the leaders of the first generation of Christians. Often considered to be the most important person after Jesus in history of in the history of Christianity. In his own day, although he was a major figure within the very small Christian movement. He also had many enemies and detractors. Okay, when I'm reading this, think of yourself. Think of how the devil messes. Think of how the devil messes with you. Amen. Amen. Think of how the devil messes with you. All right? He also had many enemies and detractors. Do you have many enemies and detractors? 
and his contemporaries probably did not accord him as much respect as they gave Peter and James. Paul was compelled to struggle, therefore to establish his own worth and authority. Okay, he was compelled. We're going to get into why he felt compelled to struggle. You know, Christians always want things handed to them, some Okay, want things handed to them on a silver platter, and that's not what Christianity is. When you get saved by Jesus Christ, going through Jesus Christ, you, things are not handed to you on a silver platter. Amen? Paul struggled. He, he was compelled to struggle. Are you compelled to struggle, or do you run with your tail between your legs every time something bad happens? We, we need not do that. Amen? Therefore, to establish his own worth and authority... He wanted to establish, he, he, he persecuted Christians so bad, he wanted to prove himself. He wanted to prove to people that he was now worthy. He wanted to prove to people that he was called of God, that that did happen to him. And he lived his entire life proving God. Amen. And proving his love for God. Okay, his surviving letters, however, have had enormous influence on subsequent Christianity and secure his place as one of the greatest religious leaders of all time. Amen. Now, his life. Paul was a, many people get confused on his part, Paul was a Greek-speaking Jew. See, a lot of people don't know that. He was a Greek-speaking Jew from Asia Minor. His birthplace, Tarsus, was a major city in eastern Syria, a region that had been made part of the Roman province by Syria by the time of Paul's adulthood. And here's a little bit more about him. In his childhood and youth, Paul learned how to work uh, with his hands, which all of us need to do. God wants us all to do that, to be able to use the gifts that he, God gave each one of us gifts. And he wants us to use those gifts so that when the put how you say when 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 the mess hits the fan, okay, you don't have to depend on your government to take care of you. Amen. You can do you could use the the, the the blessings that God gave you to be able to sustain yourself. Amen. His trade was tent making. And you could write down first Corinthians four twelve. His tent his trade was tent making, which he continued to practice he continued, he didn't stop. You people, some people say, well, when I get into ministry, I'm, I'm going to quit my, you don't have to quit your job. You don't have to quit what you're doing. He didn't stop. He continued to practice after his conversion to Christianity. It helps to explain important aspects of his apostleship. He could travel with a few leather working tools and set up shop anywhere. Paul carried his craft with him everywhere he went. Amen. He kept it with him. Amen. It is doubtful that his family was wealthy or aristocratic, but since he found it noteworthy that he, should, that he sometimes worked with his own hands, it may be assumed that he was not a common laborer. His letters are written in coin, K-O-I-N-E, or which means common Greek, rather than an elegant literary Greek of his wealthy contemporary, the Jewish philosopher Philo Judaeus of Alexandra. And this, too, argues against the view that Paul was an aristocrat. Moreover, he knew how to dictate. Paul was an excellent dictator, an excellent speaker. 
and he could write with his own hand in large letters, Galatians 6, 11, though not in the small, neat letters of the professional scribe. Amen? See, he was different than what people thought he was. Until about the midpoint of his life, Paul was a member of the Pharisees, a religious party that emerged during the, uh, latter, the later Second Temple period. He was a Pharisee, see? Pharisees, Sadducees, you've heard of that before. They always followed Jesus around and always found something wrong with him. They they was upset because he went against the law. You know, the old schoolmaster, he was one of those. <laughs> Amen. What little was known about Paul the Pharisee ref, uh, reflects the character of the Pharisaic moment. Pharisees believed in life after death, which was one of Paul's deepest convictions. They accepted non-biblical traditions as being about as important as the written Bible. Paul refers to his expertise in traditions, Galatians 1.14. Tradition, see, he's traditional. Got to watch out for those tradition people, the ones that always want to go by that, instead of the freedom of Christ Jesus. Amen. Traditions are nice, you know, but, but they're very, um, they're, they're um, hold you down, okay? They're not as free as Christ Jesus intends for us to be. It's like uh, having your feet in, in mud. Amen? You can't get anywhere. <laughs> Pharisees were very careful students of the Hebrew Bible, and Paul was able to quote extensively from the Greek translation. It was fairly easy for a bright, ambitious young boy to memorize the Bible, and it would have been very difficult and expensive for Paul as an adult to carry around dozens of bulky scrolls. So this tells us that Paul was very intelligent, and he had an excellent memory. He had a great memory. He remembered the Word of God. He couldn't walk around with a whole bunch of scrolls. Even in, in the Bible, there's a part in the Bible where he tells somebody to go get his scrolls for him, you know, go get his letters for him. Paul was the best Jew, well, by his own account, the best Pharisee of his generation, Philippians 3, 4 to 6, Galatians 1, 13 to 14, though he claimed to be the least apostle of Christ, 2 Corinthians 11, 22, 3, and 1 Corinthians 15, 9 to 10, and attributed his successes to the grace of God. Paul spent much of his first half of his life persecuting uh, Christian, the Christian moment, movement. See, Paul tells everybody, he even says it here, we're about to read, that he was a persecutor. He was a, one of the chief persecutors of Christians. Um, amen. An activity to which he refers to several times. Paul's motivations are unknown, but they seem not to have been connected to his Phariseeism. The chief persecutors of the Christian movement in Jerusalem were the high priest and his associates, who were the Sadducees. Amen. He belonged to the Sadducees. So we see here, on and on it goes, that Paul was a, he, he persecuted us. He persecuted Christians. Even some have said he killed Christians. Amen. He was there to stoning of Stephen. Amen. He saw Stephen die. This is the kind of guy that you think you have it bad. Okay, I even preached, I even have a sermon on that, you, and you thought you were bad. You, you read about the people in the Bible, and you see the things that they did and, and how they were, and God called them. God, 
You know, what gets me is the people that say God didn't, God's not going to do something like that. Yeah, he loves doing something like that. God loves to convert people. He loves to convert people from evil and death, okay, to life, to goodness and life. And God wants us to live. The only one that wants us to die is Satan himself. Amen? He is the poster child for death. And Jesus overcame death. Amen? He is the, po the poster child for death. Jesus overcame death. Okay, so now we're starting here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. He's preaching the gospel now. He's been changed. He's a different man. He didn't 360, he 180. Amen? Totally different guy. God brought him to him. God used a person like the Apostle Paul, a, a murderer of God's people, okay? One chastised and, and, and persecuted God's people. God changed this man. And if he could change somebody like that, he can change us and our loved ones as well. Amen. And it says, by which ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. He's telling us to have spiritual memory. Remember everything that you hear about the word. Try to keep it in your memory. Amen. Don't let it ex escape. The word is your key. Jesus. The word is all about Jesus. Amen. He says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Okay, at first he hated the scriptures. That's why I say take it from the ex, an ex-Christian hater. At first he hated the scriptures. Now he's preaching. He's preaching the scriptures. He's preaching resurrection. Amen. Amen. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. He's talking about now the appearances of Christ, the different places that Jesus showed up. He's even telling people, this man that I once, I once persecuted his people, now he's showing up everywhere after he died. He came back. He's preaching the resurrection. He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of about 500 brethren at once. 500 people saw him at one time, of whom the greater part remained unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. In other words, some of them passed away. Okay, some of the people that saw Jesus, you know, they passed away, and he's letting us know he didn't pass away, and he's going to write everything he can about the Lord Jesus Christ. A change happened to this man. Thank God there was a change because he wrote most of the New Testament. We're reading his word now and experiencing miracles because of it. The things that the books that Paul wrote in here creates miracles. People have received miracles from this word. So therefore, his word is true. His word is of God. Amen. You could take it from this ex-Christian hater that God is good. Amen. If anybody knew, he knew. Amen. And it says... After that, he was seen of James, then all of the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also as one of born out of due time. I am the least of the apostles, 
that I am, am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. He tells you right there, First Fifteen, First uh, Corinthians fifteen, verse nine. He said he's admitting he's glorifying Jesus Christ. Amen. And he's talking to his spiritual brethren, and he's telling people how he persecuted the church of God. This is, he's, he's humble now. He, he's in humility, and, and he's uh, in self-abasement. He's telling people what kind of person he used to be, and he doesn't like that. He has changed. He is a new person. By the grace of God, I am what I am. He's talking right there. He's edifying us, and he's telling us that God's grace can change anybody. God's grace can change. God's grace will make you want to change. Hallelujah. God's grace and his mercy should make people want to change. Amen. Amen. He said, by the, God's, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. In other words, his, he's talking about his transformation caused him to care for the church. Amen. And care for the people in the body of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. When you when God calls you, when God transforms transforms you, whenever you change, you shall love God's people, not hate them. Amen. There should be a compassion there, a love there. Amen. And then he goes on to say I labored more abundantly than they all. That's his zealousness. Once he, once you get saved, there should be a zealousness about you. You should want to do things for the kingdom of God. You should want to praise and worship the Lord and be with his people in some kind of way, even if it's online. Amen. Hallelujah. Zealousness. He said, I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. And he's letting people know the grace of God caused him to be able to do all of this. Amen. It's by the grace of God that we do everything that we do every day. Amen. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach and so ye believe. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, amen, Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? He's talking about the you know people who didn't believe that there was no resurrection from the dead. When you die, you're gone. You're just gone. Amen? And to this day, people still feel the same way. There's people who say when you, come, when you die, you come back as cows, or when you die, you come back as, a, I don't know, whatever. But, you know, People have these strange doctrines and man-made stuff that come out of their emotions and their own thoughts and their own mind. God said his thoughts are not our thoughts, his will. Our will is not his will. Amen. There's a difference there. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Jesus rose from the dead. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? So what he's saying, though, so what he's saying here is people not be up above in the earlier scriptures, he's showing us that Jesus died and came back. People saw him. He appeared to 500. He appeared to the 12. People saw him. He's saying now, how can you not believe? Amen. He, he's saying, how can people not believe that Jesus rose from the dead? 
He, he, if, if people were saying that he didn't raise from the dead, then there's no resurrection of the dead. Amen. He's preaching materialism here. But, but if there be a resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? All right? He's saying that if Jesus, if there was no resurrection of the dead, you wouldn't be seeing Jesus Christ. He's saying, what part of this do you not understand? If there's no resurrection, how did you, how did you see a guy that you used to persecute and hate and dog and talk about? How did you see him come back and lay his hand on people's shoulders and just hug them? Amen? And talk to them. He came back. That was not magic. There was no magician there. Amen? That's real. The death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is real. And this man that once persecuted and hated Christians is telling that it's real. Now, if you can read his words and, and understand what he's trying to convey here, he's saying that Jesus did die. He's not a man that he should lie. There's something there. He's the son of God. And he's saying, and he came back with witnesses. Now, how big of a fool can a person be that doesn't believe where they don't believe that Jesus came back with witnesses? People saw him come back. You know, you have liars today to say, oh, yeah, uh, you know, our God died too, and, and he came back, and, you know, everybody talks about Jesus. He came, Where is he at? Where, you know what? If anybody else's God died, okay, and came back, which none of them did, You'd be on 60 Minutes and Channel 4 News and everything else, Time, Amen. You'd be all over the, on Facebook, all of the platforms. No, nobody came back but Jesus. So what is the big deal that everybody's making that Christians are liars? We're crazy. We're nuts. We're not crazy or nuts. It's written in history that Jesus died and came back. And I'm not just talking about Jewish history. History all around the world knows about Jesus. They know. It's just fools that don't want, that they try to act like they don't know. Amen. And if Christ be not risen, then he is then is our preaching vain and your va your faith is also vain verse 14. If he didn't if he didn't and I, look at what he's saying look. Okay. If Jesus didn't die and raise back up again, then we're nuts. We're just living 40, 50, we're just living our life, living years, just blase, blase, and we just made up this lie eh, just to get people's attention. Just I'm a, I wake up, I go to bed every night praying, asking God to use me and, and, and lifting up prayers and everything to everybody and, and, and just, uh, just so I could wake up in the morning and just continue to just tell this lie to everybody. I really want to live like that. How many of you really just want to live like that, to live a life for nothing in vain? So obviously, if you're spending that much time trying to be right, trying to live holy, if you're spending that much time telling people you love God and talking to God and all those other Christian activities that we have, believers that we have, the activities, then obviously our preaching is not in vain. We're doing it for a reason. Before I get on this mic every day, not just on Sundays. I do a podcast, too, and, and other things, YouTube and everything else. Before I get on this mic every day, 
I pray and I ask God to use me because I know and I believe and I, I believe in him. Amen. God is real. I heard his voice. I hear him. I've experienced miracles. I've experienced things of God. Things happen in my family. Did you ever have God do something for you and your family you can't even tell? <laughs> you can't even tell. It's that personal. He's that, he's that much of a personal God. Amen. Hallelujah. And then verse, I'll go down to uh, verse 15. Yeah, he says, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he has raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. In other words, he's saying we're false witnesses. We're the, we're the false uh, prophets. We're the, we're the, 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 the uh, evil people, you know? For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. Ye are yet in your sins. In other words, what he's saying is, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead like he said he was going to do, you're still sinning. You're still dead in your sins. You have not been uh, saved. You have not been bought back. Amen. Hallelujah, you're still living in sin, and you will die in sin. And he said, then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are, are perished. So when they die, they die. They just die, and they just, I don't know, just nothing else happens to them. No resurrection, nothing like that. No, no uh, uh, judgment, no white, white seat judgment, nothing. They're just dead. The dead are just dead. Amen. And verse 21, he, now, I'm, I'll start with 20. He said, uh, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since man came, for since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Amen. So the people who died before Christ, okay, were just dead. Okay, but Jesus came back from the dead so that he can conquer death. And now everybody from the beginning of the Bible to the end of time has a chance to be judged by God and make it to heaven and not burn for an eternity. Amen. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Everybody died because of Adam's sin. Jesus came and made that better. Jesus came and corrected all of that. Amen? But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. And then I'm going to read verse 25. It says, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. Amen? Christ's dominion. Christ is king. Amen. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. We have people who worship death. We have people who have holidays that deal with death. I don't want anything to do with death. There is something called the spirit of death also that can come into your body and slowly kill you. And a lot of human beings are experiencing it right now, and they don't even realize that death is killing them. 
instead of spending time on Jesus, they're spending more time and giving kudos to death. That's something to think about. Holidays over death. Look, if you are a, oh my God, if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, you are not in any way going to worship death. Amen. I don't care about sitting the plate outside once a year and thinking that the ghosts and the ancestors are going to come back and eat the plate. And little did and fools realize dogs came and ate the plate. Of course, you wake up in the morning, the food's gone, the animals ate it, the deer ate it, the dogs ate it. And some people really believe in that. Worship life. Speak life into your body. Rebuke death. Some people have an open door to death, and they're not ready. For he has put all things under his feet. Why worship something that Jesus put underneath his feet? Humans can sometimes be so, as Joyce Meyer says, fickle. Amen. I am not going to put first anything in my life that Jesus put underneath his feet, and that includes all these demons and devils and evil spirits. They can, they can go, I'm going to kick them to the curb in Jesus' name. I don't want to be bothered with them either. I don't care how much they try to affect my dreams. I don't care how much they try to affect my life. They can go. They are not invited to this party. I did not send them an invitation, and you should say the same thing. Bind anything that Jesus put underneath his it's under his feet why would why would people worship a devil why would people worship Satan whenever Jesus with witnesses <laughs> amen put him under his feet there are and this is October this is October there are fools out there right now yes I'm using that word there are fools out there right now who are worshiping Lucifer, worshiping Satan. And they what part did they not understand that Jesus is king and he put all that stuff under his feet? Wake up. Everybody wants to call themselves woke. Wake up. Amen? But when he said all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted which did put all things under him. Everybody accepts the fact that Jesus is exalted. He proved who he was. Half of us can't even prove who we are. We can't even prove who we are in our own lives. We're still, some people are still man pleasers trying to please everybody. You can't even prove who you are, and you're trying to say Jesus didn't. He's Christ. He's king. He proved who he was. Can you prove who you are or whose you are? We're spending too much time in the flesh, too much time in the world, and we can't even prove that we're children of the Most High God. Listen to some people's uh, uh, words, how they talk, the thoughts that come up out of their heart. They are not children of the Most High God. They're, they're, they're um, posers. Everybody that can quote the Bible is not a child of the Most High God. Amen? And when all things shall be subdued unto him, this shall the Son also himself be subject unto him uh, that put all things under him. 
that God may be in all in all. God is the one that caused Jesus to put the devil underneath his feet. Amen. Your creator, the one that you claim you create, people out there, you're worshiping the sun, you're worshiping animals and all that other stuff. Worship God. God is the one that put your enemy underneath your feet. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now let's go over to, I want to go over to um, verse 35. No, 34. It says, awake to righteousness and sin. Stop sinning. (laughs) He says plainly, this man saw things. He knows things. He he used to kill them. He used to kill God's people. Now he's telling them, stop sinning. Behave yourself. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. You don't even know God. People who continually sin and sin and sin do not have a close personal relationship with God. And those that are um, educated in the spirit can see it. You're not fooling anybody but yourself. Amen. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up and what body do they come? And he says, thou fool. (laughs) You call him a fool. That which soweth is not quickened except it die. Just like a seed. You plant a seed in the ground. It doesn't just pop back up. It dies first. And then it raises, oh my God, then it raises back up. Amen? You get life out of death. You're not supposed to keep death. You get life out of death. Amen? And that which thou soweth, thou soweth not the body that shall be but bare grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as it pleads him. And to every seed, his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. Then he goes on and talks about the flesh of men, the flesh of fishes, and the flesh of birds. Then there's celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from the other in glory. See, you guys sitting here worshiping the sun and the moon and all howling at the moon and all that kind of stuff, you're in error. You're worshiping a different type of, you're worshiping one of the glories of God instead of God. (laughs) Amen. I don't want to worship a glory of God. I want to worship God. I want to enjoy the glory of God, the beauties that he has for us to look at every day and night. But I worship, I give God all the glory. Amen. Amen. And in verse 45, he says, And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Quickening, to rise up, to wake up. A quickening spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Howbeit that was not first that which is spiritual, but which is natural, and afterward that's that which is spiritual. See, God made everything natural. He made everything in nature. Trees, fish, birds, sky. Everything, everything that you see God made first, the natural. But then along comes Satan, and he made it unnatural. (laughs) Okay, he ruined everything. And God had to come by and change things and make them spiritual. Now, Jesus Christ made them spiritual. This is why you should live more spiritually than naturally. Live by your spirit man and not your natural man. Amen? Hallelujah, because we are in need. The natural is in jeopardy. We are in need of the spiritual. 
Hallelujah. In verse 47, it says the first man is of the earth, earthy. See, earthy. Your, your, your flesh is earthy. This, that's why you're limited. That's why in your, Jesus, in your flesh is no, dwelleth no good thing. In your flesh, you can't get anywhere. You can't do anything because it's earthy. It's made out of anyhow. Amen. Amen. And this, the second man is the Lord from heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then verse 51, he says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That is the great transformation. Are you ready for the great transformation? I'm ready. I cannot wait. Hallelujah. It's going to be awesome. These are one of the great mysteries of God. Everybody's not going to be dead. When Jesus comes back, not everybody's not going to be dead. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That's talking about your glorified body. Hallelujah. Death is swallowed up. How would you like to have death swallowed up? Death is a loser. You know, all those people that worship death and everything, you're, you're worshiping a loser. What does that make you? A winner? <laughs> no. You're letting people know you're a loser. Amen. And the incorruptible, you shall be raised in corruption, and we shall be changed. Glorified body. How would you like? I cannot wait to get my glorified body so I don't have to call it, I don't have to call uh, Uber to go shopping. Amen. I could just pop there. <laughs> Amen. You know, you go from heaven, you go from heaven to earth, the new earth. You can go from the new earth to heaven. You could be with Jesus or you could be down here on earth. You could go anywhere you want to go in your new glorified body. Death is done. That separation is over. Hallelujah. For this corruption must put on incorruption, and mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that it is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? All the people that laughed and thought they were cute. Where is your sting? Where is your victory now? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. The more you try to do the law, the more you're going to sin because you can't keep up with the law. It's That's why Jesus came back. Because he knew man would not be able to keep up with the law. Is God good or what? Amen. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I end with this, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I end it by saying this to you. I even have this written in my Bible to remember that verse 58, don't miss the promise. Don't be asinine and don't be a fool and trying to be cute, trying to please your flesh and miss God's promise. You're too close. You're too close. Amen. Are you saved? If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, now would be a wonderful time. Don't wait. It's not hard. Okay? Nobody's going to cast lightning at you. Okay? Uh, all you have to do is to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent. I accept you as my Savior. I believe 
in you. Thank you for what you did for me, dying on the cross and raising back up three days later. I believe. Teach me more about you. I love you. Amen. And there it is. Amen. Welcome to the body of God. Welcome to the family of Christ. Your Bible says God throws your sins away as far as the east is from the west. And he forgets them. So don't bring them back. Don't you remember them. Amen. Don't let anybody else bring them back either. Amen. Hallelujah. And read the word. And if you have to, start with what we just talked about today. 1 Corinthians 15.1. Take it from an ex-Christian hater. And some people listening to this might be the same way. You hate Christians. You just don't believe. There's people out there that's mad because their mother died or father died or child died or whatever. They're taking it out on God. Don't take it out on God. Take it out on death. Take it out on that one that's in charge of death who caused that to happen. God is not in the funeral business. Amen. Hallelujah. He helps them perform their business, but he's not about death. Take it from an ex-Christian hater. Amen. God bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. God give you his glory, his mercy, his peace. And all of Israel will be saved and those grafted in. And listen, Israel, if you're listening, I see you on there sometimes. If you're listening, come to Jesus. Stop playing around and trying to go with the flow. Come to Jesus. Amen. Reverend Nessie signing out. To God be the glory for the things he has done. Amen.